You're listening to the Our Eerie Podcast with Devonna Paisley, Marty Wachuku, and Lydia Laith. We're here to highlight community voices and bring new perspectives to the table. We are unpacking Eerie's and America's baggage. We're speaking truth to power. Take a seat. Hello, and welcome back to another week of Our Eerie, the series podcast. Um, you're joined today with Marty, myself, Devonna Paisley, and Lydia, along with a special guest today. Yeah. Um, a few weeks ago, we talked uh, a little bit about the hate that has been going on across the country and the attacks that have been directed at people of Asian descent. And the violence has increased tenfold since the beginning of COVID. And um, when we talked about it, we talked about how you know, we don't stand with any kind of violence against any group of people, but we want to give more space to hear about how it's impacting people and learn more um, from a person from the community. So today we have with us um, Amnipreet, um, and I want to allow you to introduce yourself, um, and then we'll just go from there. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Amanpreet Obroy. I'm the president of Aviation Pacific American Association. So I joined this position um, as a president. I joined last year only. However, I've been with this organization for the past couple of years. I joined as a volunteer. I have been an India rep also. Um, but currently, yeah, I am the president uh, at Erie Asian Pacific American Association. And um, I hope everyone is familiar with this organization. The mission of our organization is uh, to uh, share such a rich Asian Pacific cultures that um, in Erie we have around 16 uh, countries that contribute um, to uh, this community. So yeah, so to share that rich culture with our Erie community. And we do this via different events. We hold our educational events and we do cultural events. So uh, for educational events, we go to schools and we go to different organizations, we collaborate with them. And for cultural events, our uh, flagship events are Festival of Asia. We have Taste of Asia, which is a food festival. We celebrate food from different countries. And then um, some of other events would be like, um, we uh, go to the Children's Museum and we do Multicultural Asia Day, which is very, very popular again. All of our events are so popular here in Erie. I mean, uh, ever since COVID started, people, I, my phone hasn't stopped ringing. Can you tell us when are you holding your next event? Um, but of course, we want to make it safe for everyone, for our volunteers, for the audience, for the public, in general, for our community. And as and when it is safe, we'll definitely be going forward with it. That's so cool. It's all, yeah, I've actually been to one festival. I don't remember which one it was, but it was at the Rainbow Gardens at Waldemere. Oh, festival of Asia. Yeah, that was so cool. And it was so great to see. I work with refugees and immigrants uh, at the International Institute. And so it was oh, great so to cool. see some yeah. folks that I was familiar with and then to learn a little bit more. Um, so that was really neat. Right. And have you right. been in, so you said you were a volunteer before. How long have you been involved in this and how long have you been in Erie? So we moved uh, in Erie in 2014, I want to say. Yeah. So um, pretty early on, I 
loved what these people were doing and i loved the idea of this cultural amalgamation you know i this is something i was uh, totally attracted to and then i have two girls who would always volunteer for these who would always participate with these at children's museum or other things so that also as a mom i had to take them so i ended up volunteering anyways yeah so that's what got me started and then i developed more and more interest and just um, i felt like this is my thing i want to do this yeah that's super cool when i was yeah. looking at a uh, your your website and it looks like most of the leadership of this group is women is that correct uh, that's very true uh, as much as we would like to have more men we do have uh, men like a current executive committee definitely there are all women um uh, there have been men in the past like uh, professor um uh, salvador parco he was one of our officers uh, in the past he has been and we do have um, men as board members um walter ang being one of them uh, mr uma shankar being one of them we have a couple of men just that um, they're not in the officer positions as of now i'm sure it will change along the way sure. we love diversity be it gender diversity or cultural we love diversity yeah, yeah it was just cool it was cool to see a lot right. of strong women leading oh, a, yes, a powerful organization. It was really yes, neat. definitely. And I love all the ideas that all of us bring together, and how they, uh, you know, fruit um, in the form of any event. It, it's wonderful to see the entire collaboration. Yeah. yeah. You said in Erie, and I had no idea that there's about sixteen. Is it nationalities or ethnic groups? Yes. Here. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, so for EDAPA, not everyone can participate. Like, um, uh, mostly we end up getting like any number between six to 10 countries, you know, that would like to participate. And yes, um, there are some, uh, like, it also depends upon how many people from that country are here in Erie, right? Like, um, and then how busy they are and how many of them are doing two, three jobs, then you can't expect that person as much as they would love to. And I literally have gone to their homes and, you know, and they have contributed, if not like very much, but let, they would love to. But it's just how many of them are here, right? So from Indian community, I know there are tons. So, so many people are there and they are always eager to volunteer from China they have their own Chinese association as well. So we always get a good number of Chinese uh, people too. Um, we have uh, Bhutanese people too. They have their own organization as well. Uh, Pakistan, we get a lot of uh, people from them. Bangladesh, a very small community. Uh, they don't have too many families, but we always have their representation. In fact, our previous president, Mrs. Uh, Sharmin, she was uh, from Bangladesh. And then, uh, like I said, it depends upon what a person is going through and what brought them to Erie also if somebody is in a refugee state right there uh, they are just trying to establish themselves first right um, you probably know because you work with all of them and I sometimes work with them so it's what priority they have in life at that stage mm -hmm. for sure that determines how much they can contribute uh, to these causes yeah, but it's it's always a beautiful thing. And I have to say, it's not just the Asian communities, but other communities receive us pretty well. 
um, like I have seen all our events are attended by um, Greek community or, you know, the Polish community. Like I've always seen they have come in big numbers. Our sponsors um, have been, um, Insurance has been one of our big sponsors. The hospitals in the area sponsor us. St. Vincent has been one of our big sponsors. And uh, VAPTAC, which was initially GE, they have always been. And so members from those organizations also become our board members and our volunteers. Um, that's how we are able to do what we do. That's super cool. I know. So I guess to go back to how Marty introduced this conversation, you know, we initially started this conversation a few weeks ago about, you know, Asian and Asian American hate crimes and, and the, the violence against folks from from your community and from the communities that you're connected to through APAA. Um, so I guess I'm just wondering kind of what has your experience been? How, you know, what's your reaction to the situation, both as a country, but then also locally and how we're seeing it affect our Erie community? Yeah, so it is uh, very, very unfortunate the kind of events that have unfolded in the past few days. Hatred against Asians is nothing new. Yes, we all know that. Um, having said that, it did not penetrate Erie as much, I would say. Uh, Erie has a very, very supportive community. Very, very supportive indeed. And mostly people feel welcomed. And I do not want to undermine anybody who does not, who, whose experience has been any different than mine. Um, I do not want to undermine that. But so, like I said, Asian hate is nothing new. Um, you go back to history books and you will see that. Asian women definitely have been targeted way more um, of these uh, misogynistic views and you know opinions, and they have always been the target. Mm -hmm. COVID, um, with the COVID in, uh, we saw such a surge in these attacks, be it verbal attacks, be it physical attacks. There was just a big surge because of the rhetoric that was going around at the national level. Mm -hmm. You know, if if continuously the media headlines are going to portray that um, you know this virus originated and viruses do not discriminate your skin through your skin color through your anything mm -hmm. through your gender through your they don't have any biases it could have been anywhere it's a pandemic for god's sake uh, i mean so yes now the with the change in the government we see i mean there are steps being taken there are more vaccinations and everything. Uh, so definitely the rhetoric contributed, it acted as a catalyst mm -hmm. to increase in the number of attacks. There is no denying that fact. Um, in Erie, because it didn't, I mean, Asian community as it is, is not very keen on sharing their uh, negative experiences. It is just culturally so, we do not speak out. One, because definitely they feel uh, there is a mistrust. You know, they feel um, they cannot share it because if they share it, then what if they are attacked even more? One, and what if they report it and the person doesn't perceive it that well? You know, the way they, ha I mean, they, they, there's definitely a level of mistrust. Yeah. Then secondly, uh, 
they do not want to, you know, when this happened, believe it or not, I reached out to my community and I kept on asking them. Mostly everyone told me, no, we have never faced this. Most That was the general uh, view. Mm-hmm. However, there were incidences that which I didn't know had happened in the past. They never cared to report it to me or to tell me. But that time when these, these incidents happened, then they did tell me. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a very uh, incident uh, that happened with an Uber driver. He was called. Uh, and then the Uber driver just said, uh, because he was from China, and he just said, oh, maybe he was under the effect of alcohol. He was drunk. So maybe he just chose to abuse me, uh, you know, verbally. That could be the reason. I say that is not the reason. Mm-hmm. No, being under the influence does not give you the pass. Mental health issues do not give you the pass to be racist. Mm-hmm. These are not the excuses to be racist. I I, I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, that person wants to be anonymous and I respect that. Then there were some a few other transgressions that I came to know of, but none of them wanted to come forward. They said, you can mention these incidents, but please do not name us. And I have to respect that. If they don't want to be named, I will totally respect that. Uh, but I do want this discussion to be brought to the table. So once this happened, we talked to the administration, we wrote to the administration, our allies, um, uh, EAPS allies reached out to us and we established a dialogue with the um, administration, with the current administration and with the police chief and everything. Businesses were feeling insecure in ED as well. Even though uh, we did not see any physical attacks here, but what I want to say is whatever happens nationally does carry the ripple effect. ED is not immune to what happens nationally. Mm -hmm. Whatever happened there, there's a very high possibility of a copy attack a copycat attack anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that it cannot happen. Mm-hmm. So ripples do carry. Um, so I could sense that tension in the community, especially in the business community. So I felt uh, a dialogue needs to be initiated. So we um, reached out to um, NEC, um, the com- uh, council from um, the um, mayor has this council, New American Council, NEC. So we reached out with them, we partnered with them, and then we uh, talked to um, how what steps we can take to reassure our community or to uh, you know calm down other folks as well Mm -hmm. because I could sense that anxiety Mm -hmm. yeah wow yeah I mean it just a few different things I mean thank you so much for sharing all of that because that's it's huge and it's uncomfortable to share when we've been treated differently for something we have no control over like that's no one wants to be in that space Uh, but we've talked about it before on this podcast related to the intersectionality of gender and race relating to like black women that's been something that's come to the forefront of our conversations multiple times but i think you bring up a really great point of the intersectionality of race and gender for asian american women and, and asian women you know that that this is something that they're facing and then just one other thing that I was thinking about too is you said historically, and there is like so many very real, very, very real examples of Asian hate and, and anti-Asian rhetoric in our history, whether it's the, the Chinese Exclusion Act, 
um, that like banned immigrants from China to come to the United States or the the Japanese American internment during World War II that like I personally did not learn about until I was in college. It took me going to college to learn about that. And yet I could learn about the founding fathers of the United States every right. year through grade school and right. high school. I, I mean, right. it just it it is so confounding to me that we don't have more more concrete conversations about this because it is it you talk about the ripple effect of like national to local but i also see the ripple effect of like our past through now when we don't talk about it when we don't learn about it we think oh there's no issues for this community right and, and we talk about like that model minority stereotypes and they're like oh okay like this is fine it's really just you know this is where the issue is like no there's still very real consequences for these things that we're not addressing true and I, you have very rightly uh, pointed out that, see, in your case, you couldn't even learn till you reached the college, right? And and many of us, like, we don't even get a chance even when they reach college, they are, they don't, they are not made aware of this. It's just not a part of the curriculum. Whereas I personally feel it should be a part of, right from elementary school, you should be taught these things. Mm -hmm. It is so hard to hurt a friend, right? You wouldn't hurt a friend, no matter what that friend's skin color is, no matter what that, how different that friend looks from you, whether that friend has a disability or anything, any, you would not do that to a friend. So if we introduce this in the curriculum and kids grow up learning, I, I totally believe this is a, racism is a learned behavior. If it is in kids, it's definitely a learned behavior. That that's my take, um, thinking, and yes, people can uh, differ in their thinking, but I personally feel it's a learned behavior, and it can be changed. And if we, the earlier we change, the better it is for the whole society. Uh, to have a rational society, I feel there is no place for these uh, uh, this kind of thinking for sure. There is no place in this um, rational society. Yeah, I think. Um... Because my experience, maybe in high school, I learned about the internment camps. And I think maybe in elementary school, I learned about um, the immigration of Chinese Americans in the West, but it was still just very limited. But I think that leads to, if you grow up in certain communities, like I grew up in Pittsburgh um, and I was a Nigerian American. So my bubble was my school and my um, Nigerian right. family. Right. Um, if you're not surrounded by certain communities, it creates a sense of invisibility. So whenever you see someone who looks different than you, it creates a level of otherness. And I think um, from what I hear sometimes that a lot of American, not even Americans, that's wrong of me to say, a lot of non-Asian people treat Asian people like others. Like we assume oh, every Asian person right. we come across is a new American. And um, we have all these different racist tropes and things that impact the way we con converse with each other. So I think, like you said, starting at an early age and introducing the histories, Asian American history is American history that we should right. all have a shared right. understanding right. of. It would impact how we act in the world. Yeah, the narrative that it is not a white America, it's not a black America. We have a spectrum of color. We have a spectrum. That narrative needs to change that it, it should be all inclusive. You know, once Kids understand that, yes, that person sitting next to me is American, just like I am, because my daughter uh, gets asked this question. She's born here, but she 
is always worth where are you from where i take pride in when people ask me i take pride in that but being an american she feels like why are they you know questioning my identity here like where am i from i'm from america united states of america this is my home this is my country like she takes pride in her country of course i i you know narrate my journey how i was born there how i immigrated here and what took um what it took from me and what i am able to contribute and how it has enriched my life this experience of uh, migrating to a new country how it has enriched my life however the next generation it's very hard for them you know when their uh, friends um, they go to a new group and they oh where are you from uh, yes from uh, erie pennsylvania uh, no 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 but where are you from yes <laughs> from america <laughs> what, what what are you pointing at if you want my parents yes they originally from india but yes now they are also american citizens um, yeah but uh, you don't need to i don't i'm not asking where are your parents from you don't need to ask me i may look different i may have you know different eyes different hair different anything but that's the picture of america mm-hmm. you know that needs to change in people's mind till we can do that and that is only only going to come if we start early if kids start saying yes this is me this is america i am america like that that's how it's going to be um otherwise we're going to have this very very polar opposite you know views for sure we're going to have a very very divided america and we don't want that i mean the whole world laughs at us when we you know portray like things like what happened on january 6 i don't even want to go there but yeah this discussion is not about that but yeah so we do not want to have a polarized america at all we want a unified uh, america for sure and we do not exist in a perfect world no society is perfect no community is perfect and yes these transgressions will exist no matter how much education we do no matter how much things we do yes these will happen still but we can minimize them mm-hmm. um even if we are able to change one person's thinking so i say one at a time you know just take baby steps and right now this thing has not uh, reached iri that was the our administration's view when we reached out to them and yes i totally agree uh, i mean it has not but we need to be proactive mm-hmm. so that it does not mm-hmm. it does not and how can we do it you know we need to take some we need to have a policy in place uh, from the administration we need to reassure our communities that they are confident if something were to happen they are confident in reporting mm-hmm. and yeah so that trust level has to be mended i feel mm-hmm. definitely I like when you speak on policy because I just this past week I um was introduced to the term inter uh, intentional intersectionality um and in the por- importance of you know and that was from Farouk from uh, One Hood and I learned that at Arts and Agency the uh, uh presentation okay. which also 
Um, Amin Preet was also an introductor of for another uh, presenter. But I learned about the term, the term, and I didn't ever think about it because, like, I tried to be like an intentional person, right, when it comes to certain things. But when it comes to intersectionality. I didn't even think like, okay, it, putting that into practice, into our policies. And when I, you know, when I think of, you know, us uh, talking about stop Asian hate right now, I think of, again, another issue of racism not being brought to the table when it comes to um, moving us forward and not having these issues. And I'm at this point where I'm, I'm really, want, like you said, implementing policy, where we really need to just talk about in our systems, dis, uh, the structural racism that is happening um, within True. within America and not just in America, throughout our whole entire world. Um, so I think that like listening, you know, to this, it makes me just think of, you know, the specific ways that we are um, implementing that. And that is creating, um, creating organizations and being a part of organizations. And I did not know about um, Erie uh, American Pacific, uh, the Erie Asian Pacific American Council until I reached out to you. And I was like, oh my God, like I did not know that. And so I was ignorant, you know, and, and I think that having these platforms and being able to tell people like these, these organizations are here, utilize them, you know, and I right, think that's right. to me. And let's find ways where we can um, all work together uh, and yes. have the intersection intersectionality between, you know, arts and humanity and, and all these types of organizations. And I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm, I think this week I'm very inspired to see that arts can go along with social justice. And so I, I really, you know, want to ask you, what are some ways that the organization implements different types of activities in the community? Because I'm really interested. I don't know. Um, and I would really like to be, I really want to be uh, knowledgeable on this so I can start to join. So yeah, definitely. Devona, I don't know. I can't explain. You can ask Lydia probably because she did it in that. You have really missed on something big. I did. <laughs> no, that's just a proud mama here. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, um, yeah. So um, uh, like these cultural events that we hold, right, where the entire community comes together. It is so beautiful to see not just the Asian cultures, but in the audience, they are genuinely enjoying that. Mm -hmm. uh, taste of Asia, different foods, food, definitely speaks everybody's language. People who are adventurous, they would like to try new things. You know, maybe I'll try this from, uh, so, like we enjoy um, pierogies at uh, Polish festival or, you know, gyros at um, and, uh, this Greek festival. Similarly, they come and enjoy the samosas or the biryanis or, you know, <laughs> at uh, our festivals. So, yeah. I mean, they, they they love momos and things like that. So they look forward to those. And I, I've been asked this question so many times, uh, which Indian rest, restaurant do you recommend? Which, uh, or when are you going to hold your that event? I want to try that again. Can you please put that on the menu again? Yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, these things bring would bring any community together. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially when we collaborate. And uh, because of COVID, yes, these events have not been possible, but people have become very, very creative. So we did uh, this online uh, writing competition about Asia, uh, Asian festivals. You know, uh, we asked kids to, uh, we asked all the kids, not just the Asian kids, we asked all the kids uh, to participate. And th this was an open uh, invitation for Greater Erie. And we asked them to, if you have attended any festival or 
if you know about any, maybe your friend knows about it or you want to learn about something, you have heard a word, like let's say maybe you heard the word Diwali and what does it mean to you or write your experiences. And we got an overwhelming response. I mean, kids really wrote such beautiful pieces. I mean, I was really touched by, especially coming from kids, they know so much. Yes, next generation is very, very aware of what they know and how they, yeah. I, I, I was really impressed by all that. But in normal times, we used to go to schools and organize these events. We would um, catch up with the parent uh, 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 executives and then we would go to the schools and organize. We did uh, with Asbury School or Bell Valley School. Or, and then uh, now during COVID, uh, a high school teacher reached out to us. Um, and I, honestly speaking, I wasn't sure how high school students like ninth or 10th grade students especially those teens I have a teen at home so I know like how would they react to this oh my god I was so impressed they wanted to learn more yeah uh, yeah I know so we uh, all of us uh, did a zoom and we shared our journeys with them uh, what brought us here what changes we saw in the culture what cultural differences like very common things they were in, uh, intrigued about, like how's driving there in, uh, like in India, it's on the right side, right? Uh, sorry, the left side. Don't you get confused? Did, didn't, didn't you find it difficult? Or, or you know, your dances are so different, and your your food is so different, or that's so hard, or. I mean, and we shared our why we do certain things like some of our Muslim friends, they do fasting called Ramadan. This is the mm -hmm. time of Ramadan going on for it them. Is. So they shared that and they were like, how can you fast and still work? And yeah. And what is the reasoning? Uh, because teens are very curious why you are doing something. So, yeah, our members were able to share their own experiences with them. And it was so beautiful to see all those kids asking all those questions, which I was kind of amazed about. Like, uh, so we plan to do this with more and more schools now. There is a talk going uh, of introducing uh, mm -hmm. diversity uh, books um, at high school level. So, yeah, uh, we are reaching out to all the high schools now, especially after that experience. I felt like we need to do this more for right. sure. Right. Yeah. So we can't, at least if we can't get to the adults, we can at least get to the youth, right? Because yeah. that man. Yeah. And they are tomorrow's <coughs> leaders. So, yeah. And tomorrow's citizens. Yeah. So, I mean, these are the people, these, this they is are. the untapped resource, I feel. At yes. TAPA, we'll be, very shortly, we'll be starting our youth wing. So, yeah, because I personally am very strongly believe in the power of youth. Mm -hmm. I think that's one untapped resource that can create wonders. Yes. Uh, yeah. If given the right direction, that's all we need to show them uh, what the right direction and, and they can fly off. They can take their own wings and yeah. Absolutely. They that's interesting. Ideas. Yes, that's interesting. I it's interesting that the conversations went to youth because to this I would this morning I was talking um with my wife about um how I think that it's dumb that uh 16 year olds can't vote. And I was I like, listen, I think that if you have the ability to drive a vehicle, you should be able to be able to go to the polls like anybody exactly. else um and 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 really express your right and exercise your right. And I know everybody can be like, well, you know, they're I don't know. I, I would say that it's something that we do need to shift and change because I believe 16 year olds are cap capable 
of being able to do that and youth are capable of being able to vote. That's just how I feel. But that's I'm glad that that the conversation goes to them because you're right. I think they are definitely an untapped um, well, not untapped, but I would say they're definitely a community that we definitely need to be uplifting in that way. So I thank you for that. That's, yeah, no, that's I, and they are also suffering. Like, yes, um, I, that's true. So true. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They suffer through any kind of, uh, you know, uh, go, uh, things going on around in the world. Mm -hmm. They are the ones who are affected the most. Absolutely. Then, um, they have to face bullying in some form. They have to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, and I think that's the importance of being like intentional thinking about it. And I guess that word again, intentional intersectionality. I think people forget that children and youth are affected by all the policies that we do have because their parents are affected. So if your parents are affected, it does affect the child or affects the youth. And so I think that if we really looked at it like that, I hope that people can yeah. realize that if we start to look at some policies that need to be changed, like that would be just spot on. But, you know, it yeah. takes people having to be intentional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> baby steps. First of all, the administration needs to, you know, at least recognize that, yes, this problem exists. Absolutely. If they are denying to even recognize it, then it is a problem. But thankfully, our administration is... Yes. Uh, you know, they are listening. Mm -hmm. They are listening. And um, whatever we uh, brought to their notice, yes, they listened. Mm -hmm. So I'm very thankful for that. And then next step is once you identify a problem, then you see how can we solve it? What mm -hmm. already do we have? Right. And does there do we need to change something in the existing thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, Erie has other problems too. And I do not want to take, you know, um, resources away from one bigger problem that uh, they are, you know, um, attending to. But yeah, if this problem cannot come at an expense of another problem, but then again, it cannot be ignored as well. So all the more important that we do other community outreach programs. Um, like when this acute stage happened, so we came up with a few things like there could be neighborhood watch thing or uh, we could have meet and greet with the businesses. You know, uh, we could uh, go out to the businesses in the community, Asian businesses. Um, that was my main concern. Those businesses had reached out to me because they were feeling insecure. So, um, yeah, we could do with the police maybe uh, we could involve the cops and then do a meet and greet so that that level of trust is there so that they feel like if something happens yes we can reach out to our community uh, leaders or yeah we shared this on our facebook page all the resources if something is a victim then what about the healing process so we talk about those as well um, so we have shared the resources about that as well um, any mental health um, issues, uh, any, um, you know, depression that any person faces because of this, then please let us know and we can guide them for sure. And yeah, that's what we've been doing ever since. Yeah. I like that you all reached out to the administration and are looking at the policy side of addressing this issue, but how can we as neighbors, you know, removing the structure of power, but us as everyday people, you know, um, make change and impact or help 
in any so way. So I'll give you a very small example. This did not happen in Erie, but it happened in California in my friend's neighborhood. Um, the There was this Chinese family. They were attacked. Uh, their um, stones were pelted at their windows and the windows were broken. And obviously they felt insecure. The neighbors started uh, the neighborhood watch and they would sit there. Every night somebody would take a turn and sit there. That is one neighborhood coming together, you know, friends standing for their friends. I mean, obviously, these were some outsiders, clearly. I mean, if you are from that neighborhood, obviously, you wouldn't do that to your neighbor. Uh, but yeah, something else I want to say during this COVID also, so many people have come together for these meal trains mm -hmm. for, I mean, see the beauty in that. We did not see like, oh, that person is Chinese. Oh, that person is black. Oh, that person is from Russia. No, we did not do that. That family is suffering. Mm -hmm. Right now, they cannot go out and buy something. We need to provide them with food. Their kids might need food. Their uh, wife is totally busy or That's is admitted or husband is admitted. Wife cannot cook. To, we need to, a to family, be there. But also to the I myself have been a part of so many meal trains. I cannot tell you. These are small things that we can do for our neighbors, right? These are small, and we already do that. Mm -hmm. We already do that. But now my thing is, we have to reach beyond that, like changes in the curriculum. Yeah, that, that's where I would like to see the major impact to be. You know, that's where I really want to see things happen. Um, administration, if they um, listen and if they see if anything happens, yes, how they react. Is that person confident enough to confide in the police? Is that kept not made public? You know, that complaint not made public? Uh, many times, you know, it that, that's what scares them off. They don't want to complain if it is not kept confidential. So the confidentiality aspect is also very important. So all these, I need to be assured that the policy exists, that a person, if he sees, I have been preaching, if you see something, say something. If you see something, say something. But is that person confident enough to do mm -hmm. that? I do not know that the administration needs to reassure us. Yes, you can tell us. And yes, we'll be con uh, we'll maintain your uh, secrecy. We will not reveal what does not need to be. Gotcha. So you will not be a target of another hate crime. Mm -hmm. So yes, each one of us has it in us to make the difference. We were raised, um, my parents raised me um, this way. Your day is not over till you are uh, till you have made a difference. So at every on um, every night at dinner table, we were we would have this discussions. What good did you do today? It was not about grades. Yes, we all got good grades and everything, but um, that helped us to come here. But um, no, it it was not about that. It was have you done something good today? Have you made a difference in your life in somebody's life today or not? And that's what I pass on to my kids you know and that's what their eyes are set on success like my daughter always quotes Michelle Obama and I'm going to quote her now um, success is not a measure of how much money you have but how many lives you have made a difference in yeah
maybe not the exact words, but yeah, you get That's the gist. enough. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I love that. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, as a parent, we should tell that to our kids. If we are able to do that, as a in a friend group, we should share that that having that discussion and not shirking away from these discussions itself says a lot. You know that itself brings uh, solves half of the problem. Yes. Um, so keep these discussions going on. And yes, I, I'm I'm really happy to be a part of this discussion, really, because this gives me a chance to see what's going on and how I can contribute. Yes. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I will use your platform to share uh, something more with the audience. Uh, I've been receiving phone calls. When is our next event? So our event is coming up soon in the month of May. May is the Asian Heritage Month. So we are celebrating, um, John uh, probably knows, we are collaborating with the Film Society of uh, Northwest Pennsylvania, and uh, we are going to be uh, showcasing a um, film at Waterford's um, um, Sunset Drive. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we'll be doing it there. That's the safest way to do it. You can watch the movie from your car. So yeah, uh, socially distanced, and yet the safest way. And um, we'll see what food and other things. We are still working on the logistics of doing those things um, but as and when we have the details we'll share more but I would like love to see all of you there oh, on 25th uh, May, yeah, May okay. and what movie is showing are you able to tell us uh, not now okay. but soon. <laughs> I have the movies but I would like to make it an official announcement okay about okay that. okay then we'll yeah, definitely it is something that everyone is looking forward to I got recommendations for this movie from a lot of people awesome. yes well you okay. let us know when it's okay to share oh, I would love to put it in our description yeah <laughs> thank you yeah where definitely can, definitely definitely where I can people find it. this information for future so if they're like oh I want to see when they post yeah, it like so, can they find you on facebook yes so uh we have our facebook page uh aviation pacific american association um we have uh our website we update all the events that are upcoming events or something like that so we are still in the uh final stages of finalizing this event uh, as and when we have the exact details we will be sharing those very soon um besides this i also want to say uh, we uh, since last month uh, we started this we are showcasing um uh, the asians in Erie who have left a mark mm. so we are sharing their portfolios um, and their brief descriptions on our facebook page uh, last year uh, last month i'm sorry last month was um, the women history month right so we shared uh, we uh, thought of starting with a uh, women of course mm -hmm. and then this uh, this month is uh, we are celebrating earth day and uh, all about environment so we are bringing in an environmental scientist um, mm -hmm. yeah so look out on our page we always uh, um, share um, festivals recently we had um, new year which was celebrated not only in various parts of india but it was in thailand's new year it was myanmar's new year so we were able to show all those include all those and we made a, a small video about that a social media uh, team did that and it, it's just our way of sharing our culture in tits and bits with everyone 
So yeah, and and anyone who has seen, then they then I get a lot of questions about it later on, either through messages or through yeah. So I love to answer all those questions. That means that person wants. That just shows me that person wants to know more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is some learning there. So yes, uh, I yeah, love it. I feel there is. This creates a better understanding. You get to see somebody's culture. You learn it, and that just creates a better understanding, more tolerance, more acceptance. Yes. Yeah. Then you don't feel, oh, this is something foreign to me. Right. You want to learn about that. You are keen to know more about that right yeah yeah so uh i appreciate that i love your energy i love it it's like so dope before we close out one i have to make a correction of something i said earlier and then two we have to ask you um what eerie what makes eerie yours but i'm gonna first correct myself because earlier i said that intersectionality was a term term coined by farouk from one hood i think i said that it's actually not it's which i knew that but i just misspoke it's actually turned by Kimberly Crenshaw and Kimberly Crenshaw. Yes, yeah, she's a professor. 1989, she wrote a paper and that was in the paper. But when he said he, and he paid homage to that and then said, you know, went on with intentional intersectionality. So I think that's important when we talk about learning and growing that I need to correct myself in that in that. But as uh, we move forward, I do want to know and we all want to know uh, what makes Erie yours? Oh, <laughs> I have a small story to share That's with all fine. of you. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I love sharing this story. Yes. So when we, um, my husband was studying and when he was done and he had to take up his first job, we were thinking, okay, because of his studying, we traveled from uh, Miami to New York to, I was working in Miami, from Miami to New York, New Jersey and um, uh, to Virginia. And then he was done um uh, his uh, with his studies in Virginia and we were thinking where should we go in US for our first job where should we settle you know and the whole map was there we need to fix a criteria we can't just you know pick a place just like that he had offers from multiple places west coast east coast and so uh, are we biased towards this or that or the, we need to have some criteria so um, then he asked me I said I do love four seasons I cannot be in extreme temperatures. Like I, I do love four seasons. Okay, fine. Then what's, uh, but we need to narrow it down. He said, okay, fine. Um, okay, we have seen our share of snow in New Jersey and New York. Let's just go to a place where it snows a little less, just like we are in Virginia. So just where it snows less. And that's where <laughs> we ended up, in the snow globe. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, he interviewed at this hospital, St. Vincent Hospital. He loved it so much. I came here, so uh, they to- uh, I toured the schools. There was something, um, Prisky, we went to Prescai They ho- held a little event for us. I mean, it all gave us a very, very positive vibes. Mm-hmm. Erie community is a very, very welcoming community. People here are so nice and warm and affectionate, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have found that that's been my personal experience. I, in the beginning of the show, I said, like, if anyone has a different experience, please, uh, I, I feel sorry. But yeah, this is my own personal experience. I felt welcomed and I cannot see myself anywhere else you know now um, this is the best place to raise your kids I mean um, Erie is just home to me now like I cannot even think I can I'll travel all over but this is home 
at the end of the day this is where i want to come to it is such a small it is smaller than all the places that we have lived in the past miami new york new jersey virginia so but the diversity we see here and the harmony that we see here that is amazing mm. how people love each other how they attend each other's events otherwise in bigger cities i have seen if there is an um, let's say a indian event or a pakistan event or a bangladeshi event they'll be within india also they'll have you know different states events marathi even going on or you know north indian or south indian going on they'll be very very separate in eri it's all united mm. so it's asian it's east the celebrate eri that's such a beautiful 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 uh, event i feel uh, where everything all the musicians come together all the artists come together people from different walks of life i i i love those events mm, yes yeah. so that's what eri means to me i mean it's my life now yes that's one of my favorite responses oh my yes. gosh you have me hooked up. i know <laughs> I know. I love that's why I love ask that's I love we la- that we asked that question because it really uh gives us a different outlook and letting people like show us what you know it gives me like through your lens tell me what it looks like and it makes me have more gratitude and 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 be like okay then I love it here but let's work on the things that we need so we can be it no, can definitely. be better and uplift that every and I, I really community needs work you're yes. very right Devona, there uh, every community does need That's work right. ours does not maybe need that much work yeah. i can assure you i have lived my share in other places so yes <laughs> we have that. we have it good here but let's keep it that way yes. and also if there is mm. there's always room for improvement and there is no perfect society we do yeah. not live in a vacuum Mm. and how boring would that be you know if everyone were looking same and you know mm. uh, yeah boring. dystopian society probably <laughs> but yeah. but no. but this is with all our different colors all our different yes. knowledge background with all our different shades mm. these different shades of america i i love this this is awesome yeah. and ed just represents that unity in diversity mm. Mm-hmm. to me that unity and diversity is what iri stands for mm. oh okay we'll that. leave with those words yeah uh, i thank you so much for joining us today we are oh, so i loved your spirit your- i love you all when the world is back to normal and you have in-person events we can invite you to come back and promote definitely yes. definitely i would love to be part of all the events and i would <laughs> invite you all to our events Please. as well. Ah. Yes. Yeah. All right. You've been listening to the Art Eerie podcast. Community voices unpacking Eerie's baggage and speaking truth to power. You can continue the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Art Eerie Series. Funding provided by United Way of Eerie and Ember and Forge. Music produced by Light Shadow. We appreciate you for listening to the Art Eerie podcast. Until next time, take care of yourself. Keep fighting the good fight. Peace.